Enlighten Me, the podcast everyone is talking about with your host, Julian, where wisdom, knowledge, and experience meet the public. This is your host, Julian, on Enlighten Me, and today we're going to be talking about real estate. But before we dip on and dabble in there, if y'all can all subscribe to my YouTube channel, just search Enlighten Me. I'm also on Google, Apple, and Spotify. Just search Enlighten Me, five-star rating, 35 countries and counting. So today we have Whitney with us. How are you doing, Whitney? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm great. Uh, thank you for coming on Enlighten Me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for so, having me. <laughs> of course. Of course. Hopefully it's not the only time I'll have you. Um, yeah, if you can just enlighten me on the yourself actually before we go in and dabble in that yeah so my name is Whitney um, I'm a realtor in Florida Tampa to be exact um, you know I've been doing real estate for one year um, as an agent however I've been working behind the scenes in real estate since about I want to say 2014 and so I just transitioned a year ago into the, an agent, the agent side, and it's been great. Um, I moved here from Northern Virginia. I lived in Woodbridge and living in Florida has also been great. <laughs> um, you know, beautiful weather and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So how can anybody contact you if they're looking for something, a uh, place to stay or somewhere to buy? Yeah, so if you are looking to move to Tampa or if you already live in Florida and you're looking to relocate in Florida, uh, you can give me a call at 571-368-9105 or my email address is wit, so it's W-H-I-T, Simone, S-Y-M-O-N-E, um, realestate at gmail.com. All right, now make sure y'all contact her and um, let's get this show on the road now. Thank you, Whitney. Yeah. So what is the first aspect to uh, buying a home? We'll, we'll dabble and dip in that. To buying. Okay. So first, your first things first is that you do want to get pre-approved, especially in the market right now. Um, a lot of sellers and a lot of listing agents, either they won't let you come in to a house to show it without having your pre-approval and you're also not allowed to submit any um any offers without a pre-approval attached so that's going to be the first thing is finding your lender or find an agent that can point you in the direction of a good lender and getting your pre-approval process started um, that usually takes depending on the lender it could take anywhere from 24 to 72 hours in order for them to get that pre-approval out. Is there anybody you recommend for pre-approval? I know you're not getting paid, but. Yeah, so I have a few people that I actually do like working with. Um, I have my lender here. His name is Raymond Hendricks. He is a broker and as well as a mortgage loan officer. And I also have Ty Holt with Flux, Flux Lending. And he's licensed in Pennsylvania and Florida, from what I, as far as I know, he might have licenses other places, but he is licensed in these two, those two states for sure. Uh, those are my go-to people. All right. 
And would you say, uh, what a, a lot of people come to you before they're pre-approved, like you guys are looking for the house, you already started looking for the house, you're probably going to look to start doing paperwork and they're like, oh, I'm not even pre-approved yet. Is that, is that something that happens often? So what ends up happening is people will come, um, come to you without having their pre-approval. And the thing that, the reason why I don't suggest doing that is because you don't know what your buying power is. You don't know how much you can afford until you get that pre-approval. And until the lender like looks at your finances and everything, you have no idea and your agent's not going to know what you're, you know, you're uh, going to be able to afford and what your max is. So let's say I get buyer Smith who hasn't done a pre-approval or anything. And he's like, can you show me such and such house, like these houses? Well, that kind of puts you in a situation because you're like, okay, I don't know that this person can actually afford this. Mm -hmm. And if it comes back and he does the pre-approval after going to show the house and maybe the house is $500,000, this actually happened to me before. Um, the house is $500,000. The buyer goes to get pre-approved and it only qualifies for three fifty. Well, now you and your buyer just wasted time going to see a house and they could potentially love that house and find out that they can't afford to buy it. So I always recommend like definitely get that pre-approval. I typically won't show any houses unless you have a pre-approval. That way we know how much you're, you're able to afford. And, you know, when I make your MLS search or do your MLS search, um, I have a price point to work with. And I'm going to backtrack. What got you in the realty? So, like I said, I was working in the back office, like on the back end of real estate, doing some transaction coordinating and admin stuff in Virginia. Yes. And I was like, my broker would always tell me, you need to get your real estate license. You need to get your real estate license. And <laughs> at the time I didn't listen. And okay, I'm gonna be completely honest. Like I was looking at my agent's checks and I'm like, geez, that could be me out there selling houses. Um, but honestly, like I loved working in, in real estate on the back end since I, like I said, I think it was 2014, 2015. So I honestly, like I loved it since then. And when I moved to Florida, I was like, I'm going to get my real estate license when I get to Florida. I got sidetracked a little bit, but I ended up getting my license probably about two weeks before COVID happened. And so I didn't go into real estate initially. I just ha was licensed and was paying for it and all that Good stuff. Good old COVID. <laughs> COVID, COVID rules Right everything. before COVID. <laughs> Jeez. I know like what, 65% of realtors are actually women. And so you guys are running this, this realm of realty. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause I don't want to say we're easier to work with cause a lot of times <laughs> we're not. A lot of the times we're not. And and not only that, but like a lot of times we have to watch out as well with um, yes. you know, the people that we work with. So I don't want to say that we're we're easier to work with and that's why we're we're running real estate right now. That's that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that uh what you I know you were saying on my Facebook you commented like Florida's one of the megatrons for uh real estate. Tampa in Orlando. That's that's the new 
Byron. So what's happening down here right now is that they're they're saying that uh, Orlando and Tampa are going to be the next uh, mega cities, or is it a mega city? Uh, mega city. They're saying like it's pr- pretty much going to merge because they're building up everything in between Orlando and Tampa. And if you've been here um, or not, Orlando and Tampa is about an hour and a half away, depending on what part of Orlando you're going to. So they're building all of that up. And apparently they're going to be putting in a train that runs from Orlando to Tampa. So essentially it's going to look like when it's done, it's going to look like one big city. Jeez. Which is crazy. And then, like, I tell people all the time, if you're investing, invest in those areas between Orlando and Tampa. I was thinking about it, too. I know when once you said I started looking in more things and more realms, but I'm actually, a lot of people don't know, I'm moving to Destin, Florida here shortly. So. <gasps> what? Uh, when is yes. that going to happen? Mm, I'll tell you offline. You know, people will be nosy. Mark <laughs> March 10th, March 10th, I'll be down that way. So I'm excited for that area, even though it's uh, very expensive. Yeah, I mean, Dustin's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's like right on the beach, yeah? Yes, yes, it is. Nice. So I was looking at homes. I have two properties right now. I have one in in Virginia, one here in South Carolina. So I was looking to buy one more in an Airbnb it, but Mm-hmm. Not the way this uh this market's looking right now, especially with the Fed supposedly increasing the the rates. The, mm-hmm. That's definitely gonna affect affect buyers as well. Yes. Like, and I always tell people if you are in a position to purchase now, purchase now. Because once they start increasing the interest rates, you might not qualify for as much as you would qualify right now. Do you think that's going to relapse over to apartment buying? Because if people can't buy homes, mm-hmm. apartments can be like, okay, everybody needs a place to live. So people are going to start in the realm of, oh, I need an apartment. Yes, I need an apartment. So apartments are like, yeah, I got you, but we're going to hike this up as well. Oh, the apartments are going up already. Um, oh, yeah. I'm about to be homeless. Yeah, I think like here, I want to say – it was like a 29% increase. Oh, I'm not, I can't remember if that was for renting or actually purchasing, but the rental prices, just like where I live, the rent has gone up from like 1700 to $2,300. That's, for, that's out of control. Yeah, it's really, it's really expensive uh, to rent. Like rent is skyrocketing, especially because we have people coming down from um, the up north, New York and New Jersey and those places, and they're coming from California and they're getting more for their money. So they're like, okay, like I, I don't mind paying $3,000 a month. I have more space than I had back in California or in New York. That's fine. I can afford it. You know what I mean? So people like that is also driving the cost of rentals up here. And that, that's that is crazy because it's it's bad enough where the military is trying to give us a little bit more money as well in certain areas like the whole mm-hmm. economy and the reason that i read up on the why the feds are supposed to be increasing it to help with um inflation which is not helping with inflation because people right, can't afford right. 
the cost of living. And oh, that's no. everything. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it is everything. That's everything. Foods increased what? Oh, 33, 32% since 2013. That's mm-hmm. like, where are we going with this? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, you're got like, I was looking at gas prices the other day and I, I typically use um, premium, but premium here is like $4. And I think one of my friends in California was saying it's like five or $6 a gallon yep. uh, out, out West. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yep. Now nah, I buy me a bike. I look like I'll <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. buy me a bike. You laugh at me all you want to. Oh my God. I, I, I was floored and like, I drive a lot because I'm, you know, I'm constantly showing homes and all that stuff. So I fill up like three times a week and I'm like, geez, this is another bill. This is another like actual bill, the cost of gas here. So <laughs> y'all have that to look forward to as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I've, um, on a side note, I was thinking about selling my current vehicle because it takes premium. I'll get uh-huh. me a little Prius. I don't I, Money right. is, I'm trying right. to go places now. So as an adult or a man, I know what my priorities are. So Exactly. Exactly. At, no, yeah, I ain't show boating. No. I, I understand. And, and that is the smart, smart thing to do, honestly. Um, so yeah, like, are you purchasing? If you don't mind me asking, are you going to purchase when you move down here? Um, I'm, I'm trying to, but the way the market's okay. been up. Uh, probably not. I'm honestly looking for a grandma's basement, so she bring me food every now and then. And I'll just save some money down there and then purchase uh, a home later on down the road. Because my uh, debt to income, since I have two homes, they're mm. like, mm, yeah, I don't know about I, you, I, sir. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So, so let me tell you a little bit about the market here and what like what's happening as far as putting in offers and all that good stuff. I mean, it's happening everywhere, but it's like a multi-bid situation so you know you'll see a home and go see it or go tour and your buyer is like yeah i want to put an offer on it i always reach out to the agents and just let them know like hey i'm writing an offer for your on, on your listing and um i've had agents tell me like okay but just so you know we have 17 offers in already jesus yeah. So, so it's all of Florida right now. Yeah. Or everybody's trying to beat the federal rate at the same time. Uh, there's not enough homes on the market. So that's that's the big issue at the moment is that the <clears throat> excuse me, the the ratio, it's a seller's market. So the, the ratio to sellers to buyers, it's not adding up so because there's more there's more buyers out there than there are people willing to sell their house yeah i think it's like 60 percent and that's what yeah. a lot of realtors were saying uh, yeah there's not enough yep yep same with the car yep. industry same with the exact same same with the car industry so yeah, i don't know where america's going right now i don't know where right. we're going <laughs> right. yeah, I, don't, I don't know what's going on oh and man it, go, go ahead, ahead go ahead i was gonna ask so from 2020 to 2021 mm-hmm. uh, was there there's like a 32 percent increase since then or is it higher than as, that as far as um homes increase in home homes value available? home value oh yeah it's around there um and and that's that's the cool thing for people who already own a house is that they're able to tap into their equity now um yep 
So that's the cool thing for the people who do own a house or even the people who are buying. Like I just had a close the deal recently and they, the house appraised for 5,000 more than the contract price. So, you know, they had $5,000 of equity going into this house and it was an investment property. So, I mean, that was, that was super cool too. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't know that you could. Some gentleman told me this a, like a month ago. I'm in this little group, and he was mm-hmm. saying that he refinanced his home in pocket equity. I didn't know that yeah. was a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can definitely do that. Is that new? You can definitely do that. I know somebody who um, he refinanced and pocketed his equity, and he's buying a second property as an investment mm. with that money that mm. he. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely the thing to do right now. So I might have to look into that for both homes and see if I can yeah, do that down. Especially before they start rising, raising those interest rates. Like, yeah, because yeah. I was looking in the area and a condo, one bedroom, one bath condo, it looked like I was in prison. It was like two, like $148,000. I was like, all right, you know. That? This is this is Destin or Crestview down oh, there yeah, in Florida. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, and you said it was a one bedroom. One bedroom, one bath. One forty-eight. I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to be very honest with you. That's that's not bad. Not bad. Oh, it's probably because <laughs> everybody like everybody says I'm bougie. So I got this nice little home. God, God, thank you. And I'm gonna move to like a prison cell. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. So you did say it looked like a prison cell. It did look like yeah, a prison cell. Yeah. I mean. Check my it pockets. Sounds, it, it sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, like I sold, I, I had these cash buyers that bought a two bedroom uh, condo for their kids. And Dang. yeah, but I mean, the condo, it, it needed minor repairs. It wasn't like the best aesthetically, but they were just like, I'm ready for my kids to be out of the house. And I think they paid 116 for that. And that right, like that condo was 20, 25 minutes from downtown Tampa. So, I mean, 148. And if, if you don't buy it, an investor will swoop, swoop in and pick it up. Yeah, that, that thing, and that, I, I, I think that's what's new. Have you heard of the wholesale, wholesale real estate? I did a podcast oh, on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I have a gentleman, he's doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. I know businesses are moving people out. So I'm, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's crazy out there. That's all I know. So at the World Economics uh, Conference in, where, where is that conference at? I can't remember where it's at. It's somewhere, might be like Switzerland or something like that. But anywho, um, BlackRock, have you, are you familiar with that company? They're like a, a hedge fund. They have a bunch of different things like that. I'm um, not. Okay, so they said at, at that conference that, you know, their goal is to own as many properties as they can and make Americans renters. And what? so that's why you see like a bunch of companies, uh, they call them iBuyers, purchasing like hedge funds and stuff like that, purchasing properties so that they can rent them out. So they buy and hold. What in the world? What? Yeah. Well, America's a big business, so I can see this. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. What is their end goal? What when are they trying to do this by? Usually they have some type of time frame. That I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that the time frame. Um I just know that you know, that's that's pretty much what they were saying is that they they want to make everybody renters and obviously make their pockets fatter. So how do you feel <laughs> about gentrification? Do you think that's gonna play a part in that? You said gentrification? Correct. Um because oh. I know a lot of people are trying to move the poor out. I, I don't know what's yeah. going on. It's, it's crazy out here. I've been doing research prior to e- even this podcast like a year ago. I'm seeing yeah. it. I'm seeing it myself. It's in yeah, Washington, I mean, D.C. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the problem is going to be is that the rent, even if they move the poor out to further places outside of like those the city areas the rent's still going to be so so expensive that people who were poor or living in um low income housing aren't going to be able to afford what's out there once they're pushed out that's what i think yes um because rent is still it's skyrocketing it is and i know when i was in uh when i lived in virginia at the time my home's in woodbridge virginia that mm-hmm. I went back a year later. I'm like, what's going on here? They got the, what's 95s always backed up. You know what that is. And mm-hmm. everything is just growing. I went to get a bottle of water. I was telling my mother, y'all bottle of water is expensive. She's like, yeah, everything <laughs> up here is expensive. And I was trying to drink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Out here, they give you free water. But, you know, up there is expensive. So I, I didn't really leave to go anywhere because everything was expensive. I'm cheap. That's how I try to save money. I'm cheap. I oh, know. look, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'm cheap. Uh, <laughs> you have to be. Sometimes you just have to be. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't. Mm, I haven't been back to Virginia since 2018. Don't go. But <laughs> don't go. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't. Is it that bad? <laughs> it's, it's bad. The traffic's bad. You're trying to go to Walmart is five minutes away or five miles away. It's taking about 45 minutes. You know, it was the same when I lived there too. Like when I was back home, I it was the same. It was took forever to get anywhere, and. But I'm going to be honest with you. The traffic in Tampa is getting to be that bad. Just because nope. there's so many people moving here. It's so bad. Like the traffic. I'm like, are we back in D.C.? Am I commuting from D.C. Nope. to Can't Virginia? Do it. Can't do it. <laughs> For 15 minutes of traffic, I lost my mind. My mom's like, calm down. Because mm-hmm. I'm a mama's boy. I'll tell you all, all that. All y'all listeners yeah. and everything. So because here I'm in South Carolina, traffic is mm-hmm. nothing. When people say there's traffic, I'm like, oh, that little spill, that's nothing. Virginia, I have a friend, he he drives from Fredericksburg, for those who know that is, to D.C., yeah. I think every day, he's spending an hour and a half in traffic. Oh, what my God. That? Yeah, that's 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 a long time of your life. And that's just that's one way. That's tragic. That's one way. <laughs> that is tragic. I couldn't even imagine. How long does it usually take you to get to, uh, well, you, I know you work all over, to your mm-hmm. your office? Or is your office oh, at home? my office? So, my office, I... I am on a team. We do have an actual office, mm. um, but my office is 30 minutes away without traffic. So I don't go up to my office regularly because of that fact. And because my buyers typically like to look at things that are probably like an hour away from my office. And by that time, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not driving and, from Riverview to Lando Lakes, 
to go into the office. So yeah, it's like 30 minutes without traffic. I've never actually gone during rush hour. So I'm not sure how long it takes during rush hour. But like, it's the drivers here. The drivers here are awful. And the, the um, is it, it's 275 to I-4, I think it's, is it I-4? It's where 275 splits. They purposely built that bridge so that it causes traffic at that split. Uh -uh. So can't yeah. do it. Yeah, can't do. It. I lose my mind. Yeah. So I, I I always try to schedule my stuff either early in the day after morning rush hour, but before um, the afternoon rush hour or after rush hour in the evening. Mm. Yeah, that's my sweet spot. <laughs> How many hours a week do you work like for? Oh, God, it varies. I'm going to tell you, I had this very difficult deal. And there was a week that I woke up, took my son to school. And as soon as I dropped him off and got back to my house around like 830, I was working from 830 to 10, 11 o'clock at night. So it varies. Yes. I looked it up on Forbes and I mean, it was a median gross income. 19 to 40 hours a week is like 43 to 46K. 60 hours a week is like 87K. And I'm over here working 100 in like 10 hours a week. So I'm like, I'm in the wrong profession. So, oh my gosh. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have a life. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I signed up for. So I got to do no, it. No, same, same. I've, I've literally, like I said, like I have days where I'm working from 8.30 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, and it just, it is what it is. Mm. Can't really do anything there, um, especially if you're in the middle of of a deal and your buyer is under contract, like, I can't drop the ball. So if I have to work late, then I will. You got to hustle. Exactly. You got to hustle. <laughs> what, um, exactly. Tell, tell me the craziest home buying story. I want to hear the good and the bad. Like, has anybody ever dropped like five hundred thousand dollars in cash or? Oh, you see it all the time, especially right now. What in the world. Um. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like I told you, like you have like buyers coming down from up north. They got cash in hand. Like mm -mm. we had a um one of my friends had a deal. And it was a buyer, and I think his buyer paid like four hundred thousand in cash on, on a house up here. And um, you know, I mean, again, it happens. And then you have these companies that come in. Like I, I work with investors, so you know their deals are always cash. Um, so yeah, that does happen. And in this market, it's happening more frequently, where you're seeing all of these cash buyers coming in. And they're going fifty thousand over ask, sixty thousand over ask, like with no contingencies, no appraisals because they're cash. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always want. I, I need to start hustling a little bit harder. Like, jeez. You get like, your real estate license. You know what? I'm open to anything and everything, so I, I need to look. In, I'll be in Florida anyway with a little bit more time, so I might have to do that. I'll definitely contact you after this about that. Shoot. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, it's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, especially if you don't have, like, your quote-unquote sphere of influence here. Um, 
but like you're military so if you know people who are moving and relocating in the military then you know you're good to go but the return on interest can be very good mm. it can yeah, we be gonna, very very we're gonna good. talk after that because <laughs> 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 i'm over here eating ramen noodles all the time but yeah we're gonna talk <laughs> i think that's just you being cheap <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I get a little lobster every now and then. Put a little lobster in the ramen noodles. But I was gonna say because I, I I've seen your Facebook oh. posts and you're cooking. Okay, so okay. like, okay. don't do uh, that. <laughs> say less. Say less. I appreciate that. What do you? So I was looking up some more statistics and facts that it said like sixty percent of home buyers are underneath the age of twenty nine. Can you? Yeah. So it's like say? a lot of millennials, um, which I think is pretty awesome, but. I'm also like shell shocked because, you know, a lot of us, a lot of millennials have like student loan debt, which we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But they have like debts to pay off. Um, but I think it's, it's an awesome thing that millennials are the bigger pre- percentage of buyers right now. And I'm pretty sure that it's just that, you know, they are like, okay, the cost to rent where I live at right now is going up Mm. and I have the a good amount in my savings because you don't have to put 20% down on a house to buy it you can get a loan that's three and a half percent down and you know I mean in the grand scheme of things I think maybe like nine well depending on how much how much the you're buying or how much the house is that you're buying, you know, that might not be that much. And I, I think that they're just like, I have X amount in savings that I can put on a down payment for a house. There's no point in continuing to rent when my rent keeps going up. And I think that's what's a part of what's happening right now with um, millennial buyers. Okay. And I'm, and of course, because we were, most of us were kicked out at 18 and stuff like that. Right. But I was reading up, this was from years ago, that a lot of millennials are buying, but a lot of Gen Zs are staying back with their parents and they're starting businesses. Like businesses have has increased a lot more than buying mm-hmm. homes. So I'm trying to see where the happy meeting is going to be in the next like 10 years. Whew. Yeah, I think that I think that what's going to happen is people are going to start buying more investment properties because like Gen Z staying home and starting businesses, obviously you want to see your money like working for you. Yes. Um, and a great way to do that is to have real estate that you're, uh, you're renting out. I always tell people like I would do short term and vacation rentals because you can grow some more in a month, but <clears throat> sorry, but uh, you know, that's, yeah, I think that people are going to, continue to open businesses, which I think that they should, but then also invest in um, rental properties or a lot of people are getting into fixing and flipping and wholesaling and all that stuff. So I don't know. I think, I think that they're, I think that people will continue to buy houses. I just don't think that they're going to be like buying houses as much as a pri- for primary use as much as they are for investment use. Definitely. Everybody's trying to eat. What about Airbnbs? How do you like, you know, anything about that and that that realm or of anything? 
Airbnbs, yes, I always recommend people if you have if you have an investment property, stick it on Airbnb. Now, what I don't know is how much Airbnb charges to have your house listed on there. But I do know people who have Airbnbs and, you know, their first month on 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 there, they made five, 6-7k their mm. first month doing Airbnb. So like if you buy a property in the right place you're going to make your money back you're going to make your money back i think that airbnb is a good idea see yeah. i was thinking about it too because I, I got a little bit of time left and i did mm-hmm. the math and i did all the stuff and demographics and everything like that because i'm near a military base and they right about, they graduate about fifty thousand to sixty thousand people a year for basic mm-hmm. combat training so you times that by two at minimum, at least. So people are coming out here constantly, 15 minutes from the base. But it's just having these people in my home constantly, like these little kids jumping on the damn couch, uh, taking that. I mean, and so I was actually listening to another podcast. Um, and I mean, that's why you have your cleaning, your, you know, your cleaning or service fee for staying there. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that takes care of, people jumping on your couch and doing stuff like that but I was um, listening to somebody else that was saying you know she doesn't she has a few airbnbs and she doesn't allow same day bookings and she doesn't allow bookings that are less than two nights because oh I saw that I saw that yeah yeah yeah, because a lot of the times those will be people who are trying to have a party or something like that and they end up destroying your property and you know like I can understand how being concerned about that but at the end of the day, you're still going to be making money. So, like, if they're – you just do what you can to minimize any property damage. And obviously, um, yeah, just do what you can to minim- minimize people coming in and, like, ruining your condo or your house or whatever it is that you're putting on there. And, you know, you should be fine. I personally – Whenever I do an Airbnb, I don't go there and like try to party or anything like that. I feel like that's disrespectful, but. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. So, I mean, I I think that having Airbnbs is a good investment though. That's why I say like. Look. (sighs) I know. We're going to have to talk more along later on. We're going to have to. It's, I'm trying to these badass kids. I'm trying to tell you. Oh my God. (laughs) Then you, you just be like, no kids, no pets. No pet, no kids, no pets allowed. I, I could do that. I could seriously do that. I might do that actually. I mean, it's your property, so that's right. And if you don't want like little kids in there or pets in there, then that's totally up to you. Yeah, I, you I, I can do that. I can do that. I'm gonna get, I need to look into it tonight this evening. That's what I'm probably gonna do. Yeah, look into it because I mean, it like I said, it's a good investment. Um, you just have like a property management company manage it for you so you're not like spending too much time on it and go from there and then once you have one you can do like because see if you want to do more yes in the future and i've also heard of people now i don't i have not looked into this um a whole lot but for people who want to do airbnb but don't have the finances to actually buy a place at the moment so what people have done is they'll find a um i don't want to call it a seller 
or they'll find like an apartment building and ask them if they can sublet a unit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I thought that that was interesting too. And like, I've been hearing about it and I've known about it. Um, I just didn't know how you would approach the conversation. So like, I never wanted to go that route. (laughs) Wait, so they'd buy one. So they don't buy it. They just, they go in, they, they rent it. Obviously, you know, you talk to the property manager, whoever is running the, the name, the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And you ask them prior to signing the lease, like, is it okay if I sublet this um, for vacation rentals or whatever the case may be? And, you know, if they agree, great, you can rent it and then rent it out on Airbnb. You know what? I, I did hear about this, actually. I yeah. did hear about that. Yeah. And a lot of people are actually doing that. Uh, they are. They are. And, I mean, I think that I think it's a pretty smart idea. It is. I, I completely agree with that. Hmm. Trying to hustle. I'm over here scheming right now. <laughs> <laughs> still going to be eating ramen. May have some money, but still eating ramen. Still eating ramen. That's still eating ramen. <laughs> keeping all the coins is there there anything you need to tell anybody or like that people need to hear before or anything in real estate anything in airbnb at all that we didn't cover um like i said if you're looking to buy make sure you go and find a if you're going to find your agent first find an agent that has uh, a good lender that they can point you to or go Go find a lender that you like working with and, you know, because it's going to make the process a lot smoother when you have a good lender. Um, If you're a seller, make sure you get a get an agent that is going to do their due diligence on your home. Um, A lot of the times like sellers, you know, they want what they want for their house. And I understand, but you can you have to price it right so that the all of the buyers that are in the market for something like what you have cut, want to come, want to come look at it. They don't think that it's overpriced. And the market says that it's not overpriced, but that in this current market that we're in right now, these buyers will pay more than what it's listed for as long as you price it right. So, yeah. And I mean, as far as the Airbnbs, if you have the capital, invest in it. And if not, take a, take a look at uh, trying to sublet, sublet uh, an apartment and, and go from there because there's definitely money to be made, especially here in Florida where you have a ton of people traveling here for vacations year round. Mm. Yeah. Now, what about <laughs> we didn't go into selling in depth, like same process, mm-hmm. finding you a real uh, a realtor, sell the mm-hmm. home, things of the same same nature as buying, almost correct. Um, so it's a little different when you're selling your house, um, because obviously you know you don't have to go through that. Well, it's a okay. Let me let me back up a little bit. It's going to depend if you are selling, and then you want to buy another house. Or if you're selling and let's say moving out of state or it just, it's going to depend on your seller's situation. Um, But 
honestly, it's just getting your house ready to go on the market. A lot of people, they think that they have to make all these upgrades and do all these things to get their house ready. And you don't, especially not here in Florida, because our, our contracts are typically as is. So the house will sell as as is. Okay. Especially right now when you don't have um, as many listings on the market as we did prior to COVID. So like the house will sell as is. Um, if you're going to make any any modifications, maybe uh, touch up your paint, um, I don't know, do some light kitchen stuff or bathroom stuff, but yeah. it's nothing. You don't have to be, like your house doesn't have to be a modern home that you see on HGTV. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. <laughs> yep. It really doesn't. So, you know, it's just getting your house ready to go on the market. Make sure your your realtor has a good photographer because obviously pictures are what people see first. And that's going to be the thing that draws draws people in. Um, make sure, you know, you guys have agreed upon your listing price and all that stuff. Um, but as far as like going in depth as a seller, contact me. There's so much to go over. And even with buyers, like there's so many things to go over in in those realms of real estate. So, you know, I would love to sit here and talk about it, <laughs> but it could take a little while to do that. So, yeah, if anybody has any questions, reach out and I will be happy to answer them. Can you give your uh, contact information again, email and phone number? Yeah, it's um, 571-368-9105. And then my email is witsimonerealestate at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you for enlightening me and coming on. I really appreciate that. Hey, thank you for having me. I was I was nervous, not going to lie. <laughs> you did a great job. So well. <laughs> you did a great job. I know once I start doing live, everybody was, is it live? Is it live? I'm like, no, it's not live. Not yet. We've been working on that. Yeah. So hopefully we can have you back on. And I know oh, of course. I would of love course. to have you back on and have you some more insight on going in depth on some things that need to be covered again. Yeah, definitely. Just let me know. I, um, yeah, I'd love to do it again. <laughs> I appreciate that. Again, you guys, listeners, please, if you can uh, go to my YouTube channel, enlighten me, subscribe. Uh, podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and Google. I know you Apple people love that weird stuff, but you know, Android <laughs> all the way. Android all the way. Apple all the way. <laughs> oh, you might not have you back on. All right. But um, <laughs> thank you, guys. And thank you, Winnie. Enlighten me signing off. Y'all take care. Bye. Bye.